Let's take a moment to pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Move in our hearts and minds. Let us not leave here today without knowing that you have spoken to us, that you have brought healing to our hearts, that you have set our feet on a new path. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you the story of somebody here at Faith Westwood. Um, she has given me permission to tell it, though um, I'm, not, I'm going to keep it anonymous. Now, years ago, this young um, divorced mom um, and, and with her four kids, and she kind of fell on hard times and so didn't know how she was going to get enough groceries, so she went to a local pantry she was nervous about doing this. She'd never done it before. She kind of wondered, you know, how are people going to react to me? Uh, and, uh, you know, are the people at the pantry going to think, well, she doesn't really need it, you know, or deserve it. Well, she, she got the food. She took it home. Uh, but she realized, of course, that they, this pantry, they didn't have refrigerators. They didn't provide milk. She didn't have money for it, so she prayed. She prayed to God, asked for milk. And she made a promise to God at that time that if she got the milk, that when, she got, that when better times came, she would give back. Well, as it turned out, God answered her prayer, and there was a way for her to get some milk, but she forgot about her promise for several years. Recently, she attended a seminar here in Omaha about homelessness here in the city, and it reminded her of her promise that she had made years before. So she went, she decided she was going to go to the grocery store and get some milk and donate it to our FaithWorks pantry. When she got to the grocery store to get them to buy the milk, God seemed to put another idea into her mind. So she went to the cashier and she opened her wallet and she asked the cashier to, to change her larger bills for $1 bills. And then she asked to speak to the manager, and she uh, told the manager her story about how she'd gotten the milk before, and she'd made this promise to God, and she asked the manager permission for what she was about to do, and the manager said, sure, go for it. Well, anyway, I want to tell you the rest of the story in her own words. She said, I went to the store and looked for people with milk in their carts. I introduced myself told, to them, told them that I was from Faith Westwood and that we had started a campaign called Love Can. I said I wasn't trying to push my religion on them. Uh, I told them my story and a promise that I had made to God. And then I asked them if I could give them money to pay for their milk. People agreed. One lady was in tears as, uh, as, I, and as well as I was when I told her my story. Another lady listened to my story and then looked at me and said, somebody else probably needs it. And I looked at her and said, God chose you. She had two gallons of money, so I, I gave her money for both. And she looked at me and she said, are you sure? And I said, yeah. Isn't that an amazing story? I'm so proud that you listen to God like that. Makes me want to say, yay, God, for giving her that idea. On Easter Sunday, Faith Westwood uh, joined 38 other churches uh, in this Million Acts of Love project. 
And so the idea is if each of us from each of these churches does one act of love a day uh, through May 20th, uh, through this series, that'll be over a million acts of love. And it might be something simple, just like holding the door open for someone. Uh, you could pay for the coffee of the car behind you, or you could write a little note of appreciation to a teacher, or if you really wanted to get big, you could organize a barbecue in your neighborhood. Although today would not be the best day for that. <laughs> and as I said in my, in my email on Thursday, and I know all of you don't get it, but, but most of you do, uh, I have found that it's hard for me to be intentional about doing this every day. But one of the things that helps me is to record it. And so I've started using the link that was in that email. Uh, and so if you didn't get the email, you can ask me or you can ask somebody else and we can forward it to you. Uh, because it's a very easy way to record that daily act of love. You don't have to put in your name, but you are encouraged to, to list how you learned about the project, which would be Faith Westwood. Now, today we're going to look about, at how love can unbind us. Love can unbind us. And to get things rolling, I'm going to need a volunteer from the confirmation class. Wesley, you're perfect. Come on up here. Uh, yeah, you just stay right there. I got to get something. All right, here we go. Yeah, so what I'm going to have you do is just come up here and sit in this chair. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, uh, Wesley, you can see what I've, I've got here. Got some duct tape. Two rolls, man. And so, uh, uh, if you would just kind of lay your arms right here on the armrest. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you do, don't you? Oops, that, that, that tore off. Okay, here we go. So, I'm going to uh, wrap you up here a little bit. Yeah, good and tight. We don't want to have you get away. And uh, on this side here, too, uh, yeah, we want to, I'm, I'm being careful so it doesn't get on your skin and, you know, rip, rip things off there later, so. Okay, is that, how does that feel? Uh, not good. Not good? Well, maybe this would help. We're going we're gonna to add it to your ankles here, too. Yeah, 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 this is good. Okay, all right, and then to the other side as well. We don't want to leave anything undone. Okay, very good. Uh, well, I use more duct tape than I thought. Okay, now, uh, do you feel like it's pretty snug? A little bit more than snug. A little bit more than <laughs> snug? Okay, so you're all kind of caught there. And, and uh, now, I'm pretty sure, I mean, you're kind of a strong guy, and if you really worked at it, in time, you'd be able to get yourself free. You'd be able to stretch that tape. If I used both of these rolls and wrapped you up like a mummy your chances of being able to get free would pretty much drop to zero. Would you say that would be true? I think my chances of getting away right now would also be zero. Right that also would be zero? Okay, good. All right, well, that's, that's good to know. Now, um, so you are, you are bound to that chair. Yeah, I know. So, so, so what we need to find out is if there is anybody, if there are a couple of people here who love you, who would unbind you? 
So I'm just kind of looking at, well, there's one, there's two. Come on up, come on up. We got, we got two people here who love you and are going to come and unbind you. Okay, so uh, if you can unwrap that and, and uh, help him uh, get free, that would be good. Now, I do have scissors if you need them, but hopefully you, you may not. Okay. You can leave some of the tape on him. That's all right. I don't care. Okay. Oh, he's... All right, here we go. You can put, drop it in there. That's good. I don't know if that last one's going to come off. Oh, there you go. You got the scissors. Okay. Well, I didn't know if you wanted to sit here the whole hour. So we decided to see if there's anybody who loved you enough to set you free. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you for being a good sport, Wesley. Uh, Somehow I get the feeling that the next time I ask for volunteers, people aren't going to be quite as eager. What do you think? You would? Okay. All right. I can count on you, Wesley. Um, Now, today all of the churches who are doing this Love Can series, like I said, 39 of us, uh, we're all reading the same scripture about Jesus' story of the father who had two sons. And, you know, back in Jesus' day, you're, you're a Jew listening to this story. It takes you right back to the book of Proverbs. And one of the big Proverbs says this, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. And when the young man in Jesus' story cashes out his inheritance and leaves home, I think it was grief to both his parents. But he's happy, right? He is free. He's got money in his pocket. The whole world lies before him. You know, he can just, he can just spend like there's no tomorrow. And he has no trouble finding people to party with or probably people to sleep with. What he doesn't realize, though, is that he is bound. And he's making himself more bound every day. His options are becoming more and more limited until finally he is broke and hungry and lonely. He is stuck. Let's look at what he's bound to, shall we? He's in bondage to self-preoccupation. He's focused on himself. Did he think of his father? When he decided to, to say, okay, you know, Dad, I, I, I know you're not dead yet, but hey, let's just hurry it up, shall we? Give me my inheritance now. Uh, it's all about me. And you know, if you ever find yourself struggling with being self-preoccupied, I just want to say welcome to the club. I mean, it's just part of being human, I think. Being preoccupied with ourselves is one of the spiritual battles you and I face every day. I like what C.S. Lewis says. He says, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Isn't that profound? True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. He's also in bondage to self-determination. 
I'm going to do what I want to do. Did he pray about it? Did he seek God's counsel about it? No. He said, it's my life, it's my money, it's my choice. Now, I'm not saying that as a young adult he has to let his dad run every step of his life, but this young man has become intoxicated with reckless self-determination. He's like a pilot who takes off in a plane without, without a flight plan, without checking the weather, without checking his plane, without contacting the tower. He just takes off with no wisdom. And again, we all know what that's like, don't we? I mean, who among us really likes to surrender control? But Jesus said, it's got to be that way. He said, if we want to be his disciples, we have to be willing to take up that cross daily, which means we have to be willing to surrender our lives every day. We surrender our self-determination and seek God's kingdom first. We pray like Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. He's also in bondage to self-gratification. Now, in, in Jesus' story, he says that he squandered his wealth in wild living. And the Greek word translated wild means a life without restraints. It's like the guy in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, I denied myself nothing my heart desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Now, I don't want to make pleasure sound like a totally bad thing because it's not God created this world it's good for us I mean Christianity is a very creation uh, affirming uh, faith uh, the Bible tells us that, that he put the man and the woman in the garden and he said go eat of its fruits there's a lot of great stuff here for you he, he gave the man and the woman to each other and the two became one flesh the Bible affirms the joys and the pleasures of life God's way but we're sinners, and it's easy for us to, if, to fall into bondage to self-gratification. We indulge too much. It ties us up. It leads us to make poor choices, and then we pay the price, don't we? We pay the price in our relationships. We pay the price in our health. I also believe that he's in bondage to self-loathing. So by the end of that portion of the story, uh, this young man, he's starving. The pigs that he's watching are better off than he is. And so he just sits there in the mud and he hates himself. He hates what he's become. He compares himself to, to his older brother who's still at home with dad, who never does anything wrong, who, who never gets in trouble and never disappoints his father. He's in bondage. This young man is in bondage to self-loathing. Do you know what any of these are like? To be bound up in self-preoccupation, uh, self-determination, self-gratification, and self-loathing? I think we've all been there. Some more than others. But let me tell you, there is a love. There is a love that can set you free. There is a love that can unbind you. We're going to see a video of a woman who lives here in Omaha. Her name is Jamie, and she tells a story of a love that set her free. Let's watch. Let's watch. 
Hi, my name is Jamie, and I've been attending City Light for almost a year now. My life growing up was loving at first, and then it grew to be abusive, and just feeling lonely and abandoned. I didn't feel that love in the family that I was wanting that a child needs in order to develop properly. I left my mom when I was 17. Um, I had a fiance and we came to California on vacation. I started using meth and that's where my life just started to go downhill. I started stealing, robbing, I started uh, selling my body. I didn't care about myself. It left me homeless under a bridge for two years. I really don't like bridges because they remind me of everything that I've gone through. It just made me flashback to when I was homeless and living under a bridge. I got here to Nebraska on May 3rd of 2013 and I was doing good there for a while. But a couple months after me being here, um, I was introduced to meth again, and my life just spiraled out of control again. I found out I was pregnant with Robert. He was born February 5th of 2015. I was just so blessed. And, uh, he was two months old when I went to prison. I've lost uh, four other children because of my addiction and the life that I chose to live. And I was just bound determined not to lose another one. During the summer, I was in program, so since I've had him, we really haven't been to the I was sentenced to one to six years in prison and one to five years in prison for my unlawful use of a financial transaction device charge and my second degree forgery charge. And I remember sitting there, you know, just, just sitting there wondering and I started praying. I was like, God, please give me peace, take me away from this. I don't want to be in this hell anymore. I started going to church and I became closer to God. I was reading my Bible every day. I was praying vigorously, you know, that God would have grace and mercy on me. And then on January 20th of 2016, I was paroled to the Lydia House, which is a shelter slash program here in Omaha. So I found Christ while I was in prison, but in May of last year, I started coming to City Light. They've been so helpful to me and so caring, and I feel like I found a new family, some you know people that I can count on when my family's not there.
I used to chase acceptance and love through men and addiction. And now I chase that love through Christ. I have the spirit of Christ living in me. And it's just that thought that carries me through each day. If you see somebody that's in need or somebody that needs, you know, that needs your help, give them the help that you're willing to give. Don't just sit there and do nothing because it's when people sit there and do nothing that the addiction and the behaviors get worse and lead to other things. Hi, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy. Hi, baby. I watched that video a um, number of times. And the last time I watched it before uh, this morning, the thing that really stood out to me was when she was at that kind of crisis moment and she prayed, I don't want to be in this hell anymore. I don't want to be in this hell anymore. And it made me think about the young man in Jesus' story, sitting there with the pigs, starving, hating himself, not knowing what to do. And then it's like a little spark went off inside his mind. And in Jesus' story, he says, when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, and he began to remember back home, he remembered his father, and he remembered how his father's servants lived better than this. And so he decides to get up and go home, and he, he composes his speech, just as Kay read it. I, I have, he was going to tell his dad, I, I have sinned against heaven and against you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Now, I can imagine him walking home. He's, he's weak, right, because he hasn't been eating very well. And his clothes are rags, probably with, with dried, caked-on mud. Uh, the, the stench from the pigs. Have you ever worked with pigs? Oh, the smell. You know, he, and you, you just reek. And uh, his, his bare feet are cracked and blistered. I mean, this is not the way that you usually go to apply for a job, right? But what he doesn't expect to find when he gets there is love like this. His father spies him from a distance and takes off running. His father hugs his neck and kisses his cheek. The, the son starts his speech about all, you know, but his father doesn't even let him finish it. And the, call, the father calls for things that only a son would wear, not a servant. Get him the best robe in the house, a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. And the calf that they've been fattening for a special occasion, well, this is it. It's going to be a feast to be remembered. Musicians are brought in. Let's have a night of dancing. Now, this story, as most of you know, is usually called the parable of the prodigal son. But I started to think of it this way, as the parable of the, of the father's prodigal love. Prodigal in the sense that it's extravagant, even reckless. 
It's a love that celebrates even one self-preoccupied, self-determined, self-gratified, self-loathing sinner who comes home. It's a love that pulls off that duct tape and sets you free, unbinds him. But that's not the end of the story, as we know. There's another son, and when he learns what, what the father has done and this big party for, for, for his brother, I mean, he's just so furious. He's livid. And just as the father we, we ran to his younger son, this time he, get, he comes out of the house and goes to his older son and begs him, pleads with him, come on in, join the party. You see, this son also needs unbinding, and he's in bondage to self-righteousness. You know what self-righteousness is? It's an affliction that, that affects a lot of church people. We think that we're better than everybody else. We're better than the people who live under the bridge or go to prison. We're, we're better than the people who keep throwing away their lives by all these choices, make living like there's no tomorrow. I mean, we've worked hard, right? We deserve more. We're also in bondage. But there is a love that can unbind us. Let's say to, uh, what's on the screen together, shall we? Love can unbind us from self-preoccupation, self-determination, self-gratification, self-loathing, and self-righteousness. One of my favorite pictures in the gospel is when Jesus uh, is at the tomb of his friend Lazarus, who has died, uh, and he, he calls for the stone to be removed. And from outside of, uh, of the tomb, Jesus shouts, Lazarus, come out! And from the darkness of that cave emerges a figure. His arms and legs bound with strips of cloth, his head wrapped with cloth. And Jesus says, Unbind him and let him go. Unbind him and let him go. I remember talking to a college student one time who was really struggling with some big issues in his life and his faith and to the point that he really questioned whether he was a Christian or not. Now, I had talked to him several times before and I knew that Jesus was real in his life. He was just having a hard time seeing it at the moment. So I told him about Lazarus, that Jesus had spoken life into Lazarus, but there was still work to be done. He needed to be unbound. The layers needed to be pulled away so that he could be free. And that's what Jesus wants to do for you. He wants to unbind you so that you can be free. You 15 students in the front row are about to publicly profess that you belong to Jesus. You're saying, you're saying I'm a disciple. I'm signing up to, to learn from Jesus and to, to learn to live like Jesus and love like Jesus. And you see, most people see it differently. They see freedom as means doing whatever you want, whatever you want, with whomever you want, 
And if you want, you can just spend that freedom like there's no tomorrow. But you know what happens. It only makes the bondage tighter. But there is a God who loves you. Who sent his son to show you that love and to set you free. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, today we are uh, here just amazed that you would love us in our condition, uh, in all the ways that we have sort of bound our, ourselves, our lives, self-preoccupied, self-determining, self-gratified, all these things, Lord, self-righteous, self-loathing. Oh, Lord, set us free. Help us to to walk by faith and to walk in your light and not uh, be caught bound up by all of the decisions that would, would restrict us and limit us and give us no hope, no options. Lord Jesus, we thank you that when we come home to you, you are rich in mercy. You forgive us. You claim us. You just have a party. You say, let's celebrate. Lord, thank you for such an amazing love like that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.